Where we're going, we don't need roads. Tell you my story, man. I'm drunk, show up. Beautiful, I'm drunk. You talk. Give me two. Welcome to the review of Endgame, Avengers Endgame, with major, major spoilers. We are the Movie Guys, I'm Jason, and with me I've got... Sean! (laughs) (laughs) We normally throw the other way. I also have spoilers. You have spoilers too? Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Get into my belly. Now listen, Uh Uh if you have not seen (laughs) Avengers Endgame, please turn this off now. Yeah. Watch the film. Yes. Watch the film first. Normally, we give you the choice, right? Yeah, we're definitely. just saying no, no, no. If you want, if you want to listen to what we've got to say about the film, non-spoiler sort of territory, yep. then listen to our, you know, three, four rehearsed minute, three minute on the fly on review. The fly. Yeah, <laughs> but here we're diving in. We're diving yeah. into we've cracked these spoilers, open a beer. Yeah. We're relaxed, and we're going to let it all flow out. <laughs> yeah, because one of the things we realized is that once we saw the film. We were like, we're hungry for spoilers now. Yeah. <laughs> we want to talk to people about this, but obviously you can't do that out online. So here we are discussing this so you can come in the and listen to us. Safety of a podcast. That's right. Protected. Yeah. Yeah. So put your headphones in. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is our last 10 second warning. This is a major, major spoiler territory. We are talking about everything about this film. We have no idea how long this will go for. It could be 10 minutes. It could be four hours. I'm pretty sure it's on the early up. Anyway. Well, you, you booked me in for 11 and a half minutes. So. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> well, I better start uh, winding up then. So, look, Avengers Endgame, we saw it together, Sean, you and I, uh, last night. Yes, that's true. So we've had 24 hours, actually, to kind of sit with it, which is good. Yep. Uh, but there's a little there's a little <laughs> thing with that, and I don't want to eat into my 11 and a half minutes, but... <laughs> well, you're about to. <laughs> but uh, I had already decided that on Wednesday, which was the opening day in Australia for this film, mm-hmm. that uh, I couldn't see it then. I had to go see it on the Thursday. Uh, and there were reasons for that, but those that my circumstances changed. So I had already booked Thursday, and that's fine. But I decided to join you on the Wednesday. Yes, which yeah. I was very grateful for, and very yeah. excited for as well. Yeah, of course. But However, it came with conditions. It did come with some conditions because <laughs> I, uh, you know, obviously people have pre-booked. Yeah, I was coming in as that you know idiot late, <laughs> on the late last in day. the day. Yep, uh, the eleventh hour. But uh, so so my, my conditions were because you were sort of like, well, why don't you just sit here and we'll sit there? And I was like, well, it comes down to, to who's on my elbows. And I was trying to give a rationality as to if I walk into a cinema on a usual day when I'm going with people who I usually go with, then let's say for this case it's you, you and I are always going together, yeah. then I will get an aisle seat, which means that one of my elbows is not hitting anyone because I, I sit on the aisle. Yes. Yeah. Now, on my other elbow, I have you, and you are a known quantity. 
<laughs> I know how you yes. eat. Yeah. I, I, you, know, you know what you're going to get from me. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So you prepare yourself for all of those things and you enjoy the film. I didn't know you weren't a double elbow guy. I don't like double elbows. <laughs> I don't like double elbows. Even with friends, I don't like double elbows. Yeah. Um, but with sitting in the middle of strangers, it's, it's, it's a chance. You know, now let's say it's one elbow, then maybe you take that risk and you sit with somebody who's on one elbow who might be a bit, you know, Pushy shovey. Yeah. They might try and take over your space. They might yeah. try and crinkle their food or whatnot. They might face their phone towards them so the blue light comes out in exactly. your face. And it's, there's something to even be said about the row in front of you. Yeah. You know, if they've got mobile phones and will that distract you from, from the movie you're about to see. Sure. Which is three hours and four minutes of the wraps Everything up for the first but, three phases. But Jason, you know, I don't want to be ridiculous about this. I can't control what happens in front and behind me. Well, I, I, can, <laughs> I can only control, hopefully, what happens beside me. So anyway, I found a seat that was in the disabled aisle that uh, seemed to be booked out. So I was right up against the curtains, which smelt a little bit. <laughs> uh, but I was lucky that nobody actually was sitting in the disabled know, aisle. Right? So I had an old, whole aisle to myself. I know. And you were stuck in double elbow. Well, yeah, but double elbow to my family, so that was fine. I was aisle as well. But here's a little secret for all all you cinema fans who don't know this, but I also positioned myself in our four seats just behind what they call house seats. And house seats are four seats in the cinema that they have to keep open. And they keep those open for emergencies. You know, um, or something like overbooking or it could be, you know, whatever it might be or someone who is physically impaired or whatever it could be, right? They keep them open for those kind of emergencies. Yeah. So I I bought the tickets just behind that row. So guess what? I had no one in front of me, no heads, no flashing lights, no nothing. Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. So you had no one in front of you. Yes. And you didn't invite me to come across into a more central position (laughs) in the theatre? Well, like I said, they are there for emergencies. (laughs) But once the film starts, yeah, I feel, well, then what's well, the emergency that's We're starting? watching Avengers. Once it started, I forgot about everyone. <laughs> Were you in the theatre? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I went no, through my fine. head in the commercial breaks, in the trailers, and yeah. then I completely, as soon as that thing comes up, as soon as the opening scene happens with Hawkeye, yeah. I was like, tractor beam. <laughs> and here we are. Anywho. In Endgame. Endgame, right. The opening scene. Where do we start? Well, that's a good place to start. Let's start with Hawkeye. Now, I'm going to wrap this section up with the first 20 minutes, all right? So we're going to look at the first 20 minutes of this film, which really has some jarring shock moments, in my opinion, right? So it opens with uh, Hawkeye, and he's with his family, having a barbecue. He's even teaching his daughter how to do some uh, crossbow and all that stuff. Um, beautiful, really nice scene actually. Picturesque on the farm. It's beautiful. He's been away for a while. Try and catch baseball. Yeah, and you, you know. kind of you kind of forget. Like I was watching, going, okay, well, he has been by choice yeah. away for a, what could be a couple of years or a year, or whatever. We're not we're not yeah. sure of the timeline. We're not sure, yeah. Until all of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> his daughter goes to retrieve something. Yeah, and they all turn to dust. Yes, and you're like. 
Holy shit. <laughs> Thank you, Marvel. Not only did, uh, you know, I didn't need a recap of what happened in Infinity War. Nice little reminder. And uh, at least in Infinity War, it was happening to superheroes, which in my head I can say is not completely real. But now you've just set us up with Hawkeye, yeah. who's the probably most normal of all of them, yeah. with his family. His wife, played by Linda Cardellini. Linda Cardellini, yeah. And we've already been introduced to his uh, family, I think it was uh, in one of the Captain Marvel, I know, or Avengers uh, Ultron. Yeah, it was Civil War, I think, when they went. Oh, yeah, I didn't get to catch up on the Civil War. Right. So uh, I watched the other day um, Winter Soldier, and I watched... Um, Age of Ultron. Right, okay. So, yeah, they definitely go back to the farm there. Yeah, okay. And, uh, yeah, it was just... It was just a real, real harsh reminder of uh, what had happened. Because you, you don't quite know the timeline, but obviously it's imme- immediately after, well, you know, Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. um, Fury goes, or, you know, it could be. But it just made you think about what happens if your family left in that moment. What would you do? Yeah. Because he was sort of running around the farm, you know, kids, yeah. wife, <laughs> where are you? He had no idea that the snap had happened. Yeah. So and it was a bit sad at that moment. It was right at the beginning. I know. Yeah, it really puts you on edge. Well, it really actually sets up the tone for the film, to be honest, which uh, for the most part is, is um, a real drama, a real character development um, drama and don't get don't worry guys there's plenty of action here there's plenty well you've seen the film we're talking to people who've seen the film so yes yeah. yeah as you know there's plenty of action plenty of stuff happens yeah plenty of comedy and yeah plenty of comedy yeah. but it is uh really um quite uh entrenched in drama in my opinion and that and yeah. that's that's that 11 years and 21 films of uh, history that we have built into our mind we actually really we, i don't i don't know if you knew or didn't know but we actually really care for these people yeah, and it wasn't until this film, or probably the end of Infinity War, you're like, oh. But then Definitely in this the end film, you is... really care for their <laughs> yeah. where they end up and what happens and all that stuff. Yeah, definitely so from the end guy, of, sorry. Definitely at the end of Infinity War when people are crying in the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's when you realize that people are caring for these characters. From there, we go straight into um, to um, Tony Stark who is on the spaceship and he is um, basically running out of oxygen in 24 hours' time and he's in the middle of nowhere. He's with Nebulus, who obviously doesn't need oxygen. And, yeah, so he's basically sending a message, his last message, to to Pepper Potts. Um, And, yeah, it's quite emotional as well. And he's really gaunt. He's really lost a lot of weight for this particular role because he's been up there for – sorry, for this particular moment. He's been up in space for – they said 22 days, I think it was, without food or anything like that. So it kind of makes sense. He'd be quite skinny, you know. Yeah. Um, And they did that quite well. Yeah, they did that quite well. But um, then he – yeah, just when he's kind of having his last breaths, actually. Yes. Um, someone comes down to save the day. Yes, old Captain Marvel. Yes. Which, because uh, you, you've seen Captain Marvel, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, good. Excellent. I, uh, you know, as you know, um, I've, I've discussed this with you, I loved the movie. I'm just not a massive fan of Brie Larson. Mm. So, it, unfortunately, the sort of personal feelings for her flow into the character. So, yeah. in, a, in a scene where I'm like, oh, great, Tony's going to be saved. I'm like, oh, 
not it's not Captain Marvel. I'm like, yes, Captain Marvel. I'm like, oh, it's Brie Larson. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that's a personal thing, and and I always just view people for their acting ability, I guess, and and I have no problem with that at all. Yeah, I, yeah. I like Brie Larson as an actor. I think she's amazing, actually. I don't think anyone else has a problem. It's just me. Yeah, yeah, sure, and sure, you're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> Um, and she's supporting a nice short haircut in this time. That's a difference between Captain Marvel and and uh, Endgame. Yes. Uh, which I, I think is quite cool too. I had no problem with that. Anyway, she comes in, saves Tony Stark, takes him back down to Earth, and then he's back with uh, the remaining Avengers. Basically kills Thanos quickly. Uh, still a cool scene, but and he, he enjoys his own death, yeah. which is cool. Uh, and then that's it. And then it comes up five years later, basically. So... Uh, yeah, but nothing's changed. The Earth is still half the pe- half the population of are dead. Yeah. Um. And yeah, Tony Stark has no interest, and blah blah blah. And but then it comes to uh, Ant Man, who basically comes back out of the quantum realm, <laughs> to which he went into at the end of uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Slightly coincidental, or by chance, you know, sort of rat running across a couple of buttons and pressing the right things to get yeah, him back yeah. out. So <laughs> sure. That's interesting because yeah. <laughs> the, really the whole film is predicated on a rat <laughs> when it comes down to it Yeah, because they wouldn't have anything that we're probably going to talk about happen yeah. if it wasn't for a dirty, slimy rat, which you've got to ask the question, are you ready for this? How did the rat get into the car and how did it survive for so long? It's been there for five years. Did it eat its way through the seats from the bottom <laughs> to get in there or? Well, it was like a um, almost a post-apocalyptic, you know, state that, we, that they were in. But uh, anywho, uh, yeah. Ant-Man comes out and um, he survives the uh, quantum realm and he goes looking for everyone, you know, and finally finds the Avengers. And that's kind of where the story restarts, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And they work out that they could possibly – go back in time to collect all the Infinity Stones and snap everyone back. So that's where it kind of, yeah, starts. But that first 20 minutes was like kind of jarring in a really good way for me because it wasn't what I expected with yeah. Hawkeye's family death. That was just dying and five years later I was like, well, hang on, whoa, 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 what? Yeah. But, but I like that. It was good. It put me on edge a bit, you know. Uh, so then, you know, through obviously Bruce Banner Tony Stark and Ant-Man, they figure out a way they can do this, um, build this quantum realm time machine and control time within the quantum realm so they can go to where they need to be. And they do a bit of a brainstorm, which is quite funny, some humor there yeah. to work out where they need to be at that time. And and um, so, yeah, and that's it. And then I, I think we'll get into other points in the story through looking at characters, I think is probably the best thing to do, right? Yeah. So when they need to go collect all the all the remaining Avengers because they've figured figured a way out, one of the um, amusing ones that they do is they go to a little fishing village in wherever it is, and that's where Thor has been for the last five years with some of his uh, characters from uh, the remaining from from um, Ragnarok. Yeah, the fishing and, village, which is now called uh, is it New Asgardian? Yeah, New Asgardian, <laughs> and he is now put on a fair bit of weight. Because <laughs> he's just been sitting there eating and drinking for five years, basically playing games. Yeah, I think Rocket Raccoon at one stage called him Airbag. Yeah, yeah he had a few of those, but Airbag was one of them, exactly. Um, he looks like melted ice cream was another one. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. It's so funny because obviously he's you know used to being the god of thunder and god of bodies. Yes. 
And here he is with this, you know, nice overweight body, a dad bod. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I was, uh, I thought that was really funny. And to me, that came off really well. But one thing for me is that I thought um, it may have, it may have kind of been dragged on a little bit too much, or, or played that joke a little one too many times. Um, so that was an, an interesting way to go down for Thor. And I didn't not like it. I'm okay with it. I'd be really interested to think what purists and comic fans think of that because I don't think there was ever really been a fat Thor in comic. Yeah. So they kind of took their own license on that. And I just thought it was wearing a little bit thin by the end. And I was kind of hoping, I think even you may have mentioned, but I was kind of hoping he'd kind of have this, you know, rush of metabolism and just kind of get rid of his body fat and, and for the final scenes, right? Yeah. Well, there was one stage where he was drinking something that uh, when, when he has gone um, back to the future, when he's gone back into the past and he's seeing his mother and he's drinking yeah. something that she's given him. And I thought that, she's, you know, because she said she's a witch. Yeah. So I thought, oh, she's giving a potion to make him back into the god that he is, but no. <laughs> and was an opportunity to do that when he went back and saw his mum. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. Anyway, so that Thor part or path was an interesting one. Um, had a lot of humour like Ragnarok, like yeah. it was. And, they, and Chris Hemsworth was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he sells he, it well. Yeah, and yeah. he nails that character. Um, but I would have liked it for him to be a – like he was still kick-ass in the final scene. Yeah. Final battle scene, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's Thor. But the whole time you just – you feel there's a sluggish <laughs> yeah. Thor underneath him. and Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> then we maybe move into um, Tony Stark, which we – in our mini-review, we talked about him being one of the main characters. Like he really is – pretty much the central character in this whole film. Yeah. And he has a great story arc over the whole series, of course, but especially in this film. And um, I really felt that that's when you forget that these actors are great actors. You know what I mean? Because it's just a kind of a fluffy comic book movie, but you forget this is Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. He's a great actor. He can act. <laughs> and when given the material, suddenly you're like trans. Ported there going, holy crap. And in this movie, he has plenty of opportunity to really flex. Yeah. And he does, right? Oh, completely. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I have a real problem with Gwen- Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. So when they're in scenes together, when you're sitting there loving everything that he's doing, yeah. all I can picture is Goop. And see, the fact that you don't know Goop is why he doesn't bother you. Okay, Goop is her business and website that sells like vagina rocks oh. and things like that for like $800 <laughs> and like just absolute rip off type things. I'm just writing this down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next birthday present. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, next time you say you're broke, I'll ask if you've bought a vagina rock. Um, well, let's, let's talk about Pepper Potts. Yeah, but the character of Pepper Potts in this... Uh, is probably my favourite time that I've ever seen her. She had a little bit more, didn't she? And yeah. um, in the final battle scene, obviously she's supporting her own little uh, rescue guard, coast guard, um, Iron Man, Iron Woman suit. Yeah, uh, which is kind of cool, and that's in the comics as well. So that was kind of fun. But um, yeah, look, at the end of the day, one of the big spoilers of the whole film is that uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man. Dies, yeah. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> you actually have to be careful walking into this film because they got back to back to back and interweaving sessions. When you're walking into this film and other people are walking out, 
if they say all they got to do is say, I can't believe Tony Stark died. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, the whole film is ruined. The whole film is ruined. Yeah. Yeah, we all knew that obviously him and, and um, Chris Evans was ending their contract and you know, we yeah. knew they were going to wrap those two up in some way, somehow. Yeah. But nothing was confirmed. No, exactly. And that's what you're you're waiting for this whole, is like, what are you going to confirm to me, Marvel? Yeah. What's happening? And I've actually said to you off air, I don't think on air, but I actually thought that Cap A would die yeah. in a hero- heroic sense yeah. and Robert Downey would live and just move away because he's got something to live for with his uh, Pepper and, and his... Kid, yes, his daughter. Yeah, 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 they actually do that in role reverse. Yeah, in a nice way though. They actually, it's really worked well, you know. So, Iron Man dies an absolute hero. Yeah, um, which he is, you know, and and you know, Pepper's at peace with it pretty much. Yeah, and he's lived his life with his daughter. Like his daughter's probably what I don't know, maybe nine, Somewhere something there, like yeah. that. So he's had nine years of a wonderful family life, you know, yeah. not really being Iron Man. And then Captain America, due to time travel, is able to just live his life. He never was given the opportunity to live. Yeah. Which is cool, right? Um, it's one of the developments of Pepper Potts that I really liked was that, you know, in the earlier films, she obviously likes Tony, then loves Tony, and then, you know, gets together with Tony, all that sort of business. Um, but she's never – and she's always supportive – yeah. You know, in her, in her own way, but always argumentative about, you know, I don't want you to waste your life. I want you to be with me and that sort of stuff. And in this film, yeah, she becomes, you know, she has her own suit. Yeah. She becomes very supportive and basically accepts that Tony is always going to be Tony. Yeah. And I liked that arc for her into this movie. I, um... <clears throat> I agree. And so wrapping up on RD, RDJ and Tony Stark, I thought that was a great story arc with this film. He, he was amazing. Um, and it was an emotional time when, um, when he passed away. Uh, although I didn't really tear up as much as what I thought I might. I didn't really tear up, to be honest. But I was emotionally stirred. Yeah. But that was about it for me. Um, but they did a really nice uh, – tribute right at the end um, when they were kind of having the Tony Stark funeral and the camera just wound from the, the water or, or his grave, sorry, to all the way through the uh, different groups of Avengers yeah, in yeah, their, yeah. Bl- in their um, you know, funeral black, black and white ties, black and, black, and, um, black ties, um, even with Hulk supporting a suit, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which we'll talk about Hulk. But yeah, um, yeah so uh, I thought it was a really nice moment. That, that part there, and it was stirring emotions for me. But, um, yeah, so anyway, all in all for me, Iron Man's um, uh, arc and Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr., 10 out of 10. Yes. Like I loved it. Yeah, and it will always be something to remember in our future years and go back and watch again. Yeah, yeah. Like the Iron Man films, into the Avenger films, uh, even like Civil War. Yeah. Captain America. Amazing, right? So, yeah. You brilliant. want to talk about uh, Captain America? Yes, Captain America's Steve ass. Rogers. <laughs> Steve the Rogers <laughs> of America. <laughs> yeah, so that's a gag they, they play with, which is really quite nice. Oh, sorry, quite fun. Wow. That's why you didn't want anyone in front of you. Yeah, well, you must you work out. Hit them in the back of the head, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you wish. Yeah, so what do we got? We got um, Captain America, who I've always, I think you even mentioned before, Sean, that. Um, he's just been a little bit kind of of a dry character for me, and yeah. But he's Captain America, right? You yeah. know. I mean, the first, but the thing is, he's had three great individual films. Yes, and most of that is because I just I think most of them were Russo films. 
Yeah. <laughs> so they've been, I don't know, just been handled right. Yeah. And I found him quite a vanilla type of character, which is what he's meant to be. By the way, it's not like I'm just finding yeah, it that he's way. He's a perfect he's, soldier, right? He's yeah. a perfect specimen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, you know, so much so that there's always the joke of, is he worthy to wield um, Thor's hammer, right? Yeah. So there's that joke that always flies about because he's just such a nice guy and, and yeah. the all-American hero. And there was a moment in, um, what, uh, was it Avengers uh, Age of Ultron when they were trying yeah. to, yeah. they were all kind of around having some drinks one night in the Stark Tower or whatever, and everyone has a crack at lifting the um, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> Thor's hammer. And Steve Rogers is the only one who could actually like just budge it a millimetre. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and Chris Hemsworth, sorry, Thor is you know, sitting in the background of that shot, yeah. just sort of concerned just for yeah, that yeah, moment. For and then the relief on his face was yeah. the most hilarious thing. So fast forward to Endgame in the, in the last battle scene, and there is a moment in this film which is like, one that all a lot of people will talk about and have already talked about a lot yeah. in the 24 hours. And that is when um, Captain America becomes worthy of Thor's hammer and basically wields it and fucking fucks people up. And, and, and Thor, as soon as he grabs it, is like, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, it's just a great moment and he, he uh, controls the, um, you know, the uh, electrical currents and all that, yeah. the weather and... And it's just a really great shot when he just leaps up like kind of knees. Um, he's winding the um, Thor's hammer or yeah. the Molnir and smashes Thanos and knees him in the electrical storms. It's like wow, it's just really nice. And uh, and then later on there, there was a nice gag with um, with Thor and Captain America <laughs> when Thor, Thor had his axe and they were just working out who's going to get the hammer or the axe. And Thor's like, I'll take the big one, yeah. which is the axe, right? <laughs> Uh, things like that were pretty fun. Uh, that was a great scene, man. Yeah, I, so uh, I really like the way that they wrap up Captain America in this. Um, really good. And it gives him a little bit more um, to him, a little bit more layers, right? Um, yeah. Definitely. And an emotional depth. And well, He's always been thinking about the one that got away. That's always yeah. been a theme for him throughout every film um, that he's been part of. Yeah, which is Peggy Carter, yeah? Yeah, and he's got his little um, watch that yeah, he opens up. He's got the photo around. in there. Yeah. Uh, and it's always the, been the one thing that stopped him, I believe, with Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. Yeah. And this, Natasha, you know, like, you know, she's always wanted to be there and he he wouldn't ever quite get there because he just flip open his watch and yeah. go so to the he, bathroom. So Steve gets the opportunity to kind of uh, do the right thing right at the end and and deliver the, the Infinity Stones to, to where they should be, their origins. And obviously at the same time, he's, he has some fun with the uh, time machine, the quantum realm, and controls time back to, uh, I guess, when Peggy was um, young. And then they have a full life uh, oh, together, full which life. is really nice. And then he happens to be there right at the end as an old Steve Rogers, yeah. old man, and has a really nice moment where he um, grabs a shield, the Cap A shield, and hands it over to two people. In, there's two people in the background, and this has been a this has been a – Topical debate for, for the last 12 months as well. Yeah. You have um, Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes, and you have Sam who plays Falcon, Anthony Mackie. And he, I always thought it was going to be Bucky Barnes. Yeah. because But both of them in the comics, as, as we've learned, mm. uh, you know, have. Wield the shield wield at the some shield, stage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. become Captain America. Yeah. But for this particular phase four, I guess, uh, it will be um, the Falcon. 
yep. will become Captain America. Captain America. Yeah. So that's and, great. And, yeah. and, and uh, you know, as we were saying, this is interesting for um, Disney Plus because, yeah. uh, as you know, the streaming service, Disney Plus, has been um, announced and will be released in sort of the, the north of the world, northern hemisphere, uh, I don't know, next six months or whatever it is. Yeah. But there's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be one of their properties. Yeah, which will be a TV show. It'll be a TV show, yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. And it makes sense, right, because the Falcon and Winter Soldier are great characters, but they're not lead characters. Yeah. Um, they can't control a film. Like, they can't lead a film, in my opinion, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not crossing the street to watch the Winter Soldier film just with Bucky Barnes. That's me, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it makes complete sense. Put them together in a TV show and you have. But it'll be interesting to see how they handle Captain America under the guise of the Falcon going forward for Phase 4. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, maybe they take turns even with, with the Winter Soldier. Who knows? Well, that's the thing. They, um, I think I read somewhere that no matter what happens, there's always going to be a Captain America. We're not going to be left without one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so that could be good. And I, I've even read somewhere that um, Steve Rogers can even take the serum again at some point. Right, okay. So that, that is always down the track. I mean, it's comic book universe, yeah, right? Yeah, do what we want. Yeah. Although, let's talk about uh, another shock moment, um, which was uh, basically Black Widow versus Hawkeye retrieving the Soul Stone. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, with Red Skull. So as you remember from Infinity War, Thanos basically um, chucked down his own only love in, in Gamora to sacrifice her um, to get the soul stone, one soul for another. And, yeah, so when they rock up there, you suddenly think, well, hang on, <laughs> to get this soul stone, someone's going to have to uh, um, forgive their soul, I guess, and, and die, you know, sacrifice their soul. And I thought, oh, okay, this makes sense to me, Hawkeye, you know, and this is where this is going to happen because, I don't know, I mean – Oh, the other thing too is I, I've always thought Hawkeye was a fairly weak character, um, yeah. probably one of the more uh, one of the weaker characters. However, in this movie, he has a nice little story going on, and with the, even the opening scene, and and then he he gets shitty because his family's dead, and he goes and and kills you know like yakuza in in Asia or Japan, Tokyo, yeah. or wherever it was, it was in Mexico and killing cartels and stuff yeah, like that. so it's kind of cool, yeah. right? Like, it's, oh, you've got a good little arc here, and he went from bows to to swords and and speak of haircuts, yeah. with Captain Marvel, uh, he's sporting like a shaved on the sides and sort of wider mohawk on top. Yeah, it was all cool. Like it was something a bit different for him, and so I thought, oh, that's why they've given him a bit of meat in this movie because they're going to kill him off in this movie. That makes sense, you know. And the way they do that is they, they tease you back and forth probably five times with him and Black Widow. So they're both going, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. And Hawkeye's like, no, I'll do it. And then they have a little fight and yeah. then they kind of saving each other at the same time and you know, all this stuff. Yeah. And anyway, it gets to the point where um, Hawkeye's um, holding Black Widow over the Soul Stone and, uh, and she goes, just let go. And yeah. I'm good for this. And then that's it. That's she it. hits the rock and dies and, and you're like, oh, oh shit. Now, the one thing that was running through my head all the time and why I'm at peace with it is um, Disney has absolutely greenlit a Black Widow movie. Yeah. So I'm sitting there going, hang on, how, how, how are they going to kill her off? But then I thought, well, hang on, they can just go back and do an origin story of when she was a you know, Russian kind of spy and all that stuff or whatever they want, really. It can be What previous. was the one with Jennifer Lawrence? 
Red Sparrow. So basically, it'd be Red Sparrow. It'll be 100% Red Sparrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said that to my wife oh, did in you? the car on yeah. my home. Yeah, anyway, so yeah, she carks it, which was quite sad because I really love the Black Widow um, character. And she's always, she's always been in, she's actually probably been in more films than anyone else other than maybe Fury. I'm not sure. It'd be interesting to have a yeah. look at that. Because she's always, uh, like, say, in Iron Man, she's there as a secretary type. Yeah, sort of. which is Intel, but yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's not a secretary. Yeah. <laughs> she's there spying yeah. <laughs> the S.H.I.E.L.D. But. So, yeah, so for those who don't know, Black Widow is getting her own film, so don't stress too much about her death. I think that's why maybe they were comfortable doing that because she'll be a star in her own film probably in the next three three years. Yeah. Sure, but she's still dead. Right? Yeah, but... She's can... getting her own film, but it's before <laughs> the death, so she's still dead. Don't talk about it, man. Let's get, get upset. ScarJo is gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That, <laughs> that is upsetting, yeah. Now I just need the new Black Widow, Jessica Alba. <laughs> I haven't seen her in anything for a while, so. Yeah, well, she's got a billion dollar company. She doesn't need to work. Is that, yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I heard that she was doing really well. Oh, yeah, it's, it's basically a billionaire. This podcast is sponsored by Man Present. Ever struggle to buy a man a present? Want to get a present that is universally loved? Who the hell doesn't? It's usually so bloody hard, right? Socks and ties are lame, gift vouchers suck, and flowers will not be well received. Well, all your man-gifting worries are a thing of the past with manpresent.com. Manpresent is a gift box delivery service that lovingly sends classy gift boxes of Cuban cigars and single malt whiskey to the man who deserves a touch of class. Whether it's a wedding, a new father, a birthday, or just because they deserve a gift, use manpresent.com for the win. With boxes starting at $69, it has never been easier to be a gifting king. Simply visit manpresent.com and ensure you use the coupon code off topic, all one word for 5% off your order. Manpresent.com. Man gifting made easy. So the next thing I want to talk about is um, another one that I'm interested to see what the uh, the fanboys think and, and um, comic fans is um, Professor Hulk. So obviously we have a different iteration of Hulk in Professor this movie. Hulk, okay. Yeah. And uh, he is actually from the comics, yeah. Professor Hulk, and it's an iteration of Hulk. Uh, it's a combination or a, um, a blending of uh, Grey Hulk, Savage Hulk, and Bruce Banner. And he, in the comics, he's actually known to be to be the weakest of the Hulk, but he's obviously also the smartest, if that makes sense, because he's yeah. Bruce Banner in intertwined. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, so Bruce, uh, sorry, the Hulk is exactly that. It's a um, a moulding of all three. Yeah. So uh, not as big as the usual Hulk. Not as big as the usual Hulk. He's he's got a lot more facial features like Bruce Banner. He can talk pretty fluidly, like very fluid. Yeah. Uh, and he's smart. He thinks it's, it's exactly that. It's just a yeah. the, the blend of all three. And uh, so he looks a bit funny because he's kind of wearing normal clothes and but. He has a lot of humor as a result of that. A lot of comic stuff is built around him. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only thing really is you didn't really see an aggressive Hulk smash or anything like that. No. I, I found him a little bit weird. Yeah, okay. Just, to, you know, as as part of thought, we already had a comic relief in Thor. Yep. And... I, I mean, just personally, I quite like to see him rage out every so often. Can change, yeah, yeah. Um, and after Infinity War, where he couldn't switch. couldn't become green, mm. switch, you know, when he when he needed to, 
I thought we were going to see that development. And I guess we did in, in some respect, but we didn't get to see how it happened. It just sort of, yeah, you just start happened, the movie yeah. and it happened. And Look, it makes sense. In the evolution of Hulk's story, I can make sense. It actually makes sense. You know, he starts off as, you know, Bruce and then Hulk and then, and then can't, is Bruce can't get to Hulk, is Hulk can't get to Bruce, and then he finds his middle ground, basically. But I agree as far as, and that's fine, that's all fine. Yeah. You know, evolution's fine. But what we're missing there is that fun with Hulk just losing his shit. Yeah. And you didn't really see that a lot. No. In actual fact, they make fun of it when they go back in time. Yeah. And there's the original Hulk doing Hulk smashing in the Avengers, yeah. getting all shitty with everything. And when he was doing it, I laughed because oh, I was like, yes, yeah. that's exactly what I want. Yeah. And then Professor Hulk kind of has fun with that, right? Which yeah. is, was humorous. But yeah, I found that an interesting thing as well. I didn't mind it, but um, yeah, it was probably one of the weaker areas of the film maybe. Yeah. It wasn't a surprise and – I don't know, there was a scene where uh, people coming up for selfies with him and all that sort of stuff. And I don't know, I just, that, that yeah. whole scene was a loss for me because I just thought, I don't like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't feel anything for him. Yeah. I feel something for Mark Ruffalo yeah. as a human, you know, as Bruce Banner. I feel something for the Hulk. Yeah. Because I get there's a struggle there. Yeah. But when there was no struggle with this guy, I just don't know what kind of character he is anymore. Yeah. Besides just, a smart person that's not very strong, really. Well, he's still very strong, but he's just but nowhere near as strong. They didn't show as, it. Like, they didn't yeah. show well, a scene right. what, that, of still that he could be strong. They didn't really show a scene like that. Yeah. So, yeah, all you saw was his smarts, but you didn't really see any brawn. Agree. Anyway. I agree. Um, I thought uh, Ant-Man was the usual fun self in this in this movie he has a couple of great scenes and he's obviously a pivotal role in the overall um story and yeah he was great um, and you remember the original um theory of ant-man and how he was going to um win everybody endgame and if you heard you would know okay so the fan theory that was floating around about how endgame would be oh, won yeah, yeah yeah i gotcha yeah, yeah would be know. that he would be going up <laughs> thanos's quantum realm <laughs> up the back way and then once inside he would expand himself yeah all right kill him from the inside uh and that kind of makes sense i guess but no they didn't go that way <laughs> no they didn't and it's a good thing that they didn't yeah even though it might still work i don't know <laughs> But yeah, no, I thought he was good, um, really funny as usual. But he also had some um, emotional moments as well, which was quite nice to see Paul Rudd smash that out of the park. Um, what else do we have? What about that hug? With? Spider-Man. Yeah, and um, uh, Iron Man. Yeah, Iron Tony Stark. Yeah. I, really, I really liked that. Yeah. I thought it was a really nice moment. So good. Yeah, because the whole time um, uh, Iron Man or Tony Stark has always just been at arm's length. Yeah. Loves, loves um, Peter Parker, but he's just been arm's length and but he's never he been really to, affectionate. When he talks to other people about oh. um, Spider-Man, he's always talking very affectionately about yes. him when Spider-Man's not shows around. Him. Yeah, yeah. And this time they finally meet up and we know that Peter's okay when he comes back through and uh, – they have a hug, but this time it's Tony Stark like really hugging. Yeah, Sp Peter just wants to keep talking about something, yeah. and then no, RDJ is like, really no, nice no, no, come in, yeah. and then it goes for ages. And I just love the line of uh, of Peter Parker. He's like, "That's nice." <laughs> <laughs> 
He's yeah, he's a great Spider Man man. Yeah, uh, Tom Holland. I really, really rate him, and I have yeah. no problem with the other two. I yeah. really don't. I, no problem whatsoever. I think they're great. I Tony like Tobey Maguire. Not so much the other guy. But I, I like um, Andrew Garfield. I thought he was yeah. great too. But, but, yeah, but definitely but, like uh, but Tom, Tom Holland smashing yeah. it. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> so that was a really nice moment. Another moment that was um, interesting for me was, um, and maybe a little bit controversial, was the um, the the lineup of, of women power in the main battle uh, in the final battle. Um, all the women superheroes of the Avengers. For some miraculous reason, they all line up together yeah. and force a nice line and then go fight some bad guys, Yeah, which was like really great. Like it was nice because it's showing woman power and all that. It was all together and stuff, but so I'm all for it. The only thing for me is it just felt just a little bit forced. You know what I mean? A little bit yeah, too coincidental bit, yeah. and a little bit forced, you know. I don't know whether I, I couldn't help but think, oh, we need this moment in this film. Yeah. Um, I I'm okay with that moment in the film completely, but maybe not all of the girls or something. Maybe just make it a little bit more, um, uh, not real life. <laughs> they are battling in yeah, <laughs> superheroes, yeah. but it's just like, not, like what happens is like 100% of all female Avengers happen to rock up and form a line and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's not realistic to me. Maybe it's 85% and, you know, 15% are over there still killing people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know it sounds well, silly. Well, uh, but... if you remember in Infinity War, there's a similar moment, but it's just with the three um, uh, when they're fighting in Wakanda. Yes. And it's, it's, a, real, yes. it's a real powerful moment. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, uh, three. Um, and I think I, I just felt that, that, yeah, I think we discussed this before, it was a little forced and... That if you think of something like Captain Marvel, which has a film stretched out sort of about it, and they did some good moments there, yeah. and that was quite nice. Yeah. But then you look at maybe what DC is about to do with Birds of Prey, and they're dedicating a whole film to a group of um, powerful women yeah. that are going to, you know, well, villains, I think. <laughs> that are <laughs> or going, anti-heroes or whatever. Yeah. Anti-heroes, yeah, yeah, vigilantes or whatever yeah. they're going to call them. But, um, you know, maybe that's the right way to go. Uh, I think with the 15 seconds that was afforded to this moment, because it was forced, I was kind of thinking, well, why isn't there more of that? Like, more, as in, why, why is there a bit of an arc around this? Yeah. Rather than just this, like, honestly. Forced, shoe, like shoehorned 15 yes, seconds. Yes, women. Oh, and then it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. You know, yeah, like. No, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I want to support uh, all the movements that are going, but yeah. I just didn't feel that was the right way. Yeah. I felt a little bit, um, and this is just my feeling, I felt a little bit embarrassed watching it because I felt it was forced a bit. Yeah. You know, and, and like you said, let's bring out a movie, like a dedicated movie to all 21 of the female superheroes in Avengers. Awesome. You yeah. Know? And that's cool. You know, but just that shoehorned 15 second scene was just a bit weird for me. That's all. But, but. It's a good scene though. <laughs> my wife, it was a good scene. Yeah. But my wife saw it. Yeah. And that was actually a scene she commented on uh, in the positive. Yeah. So, you know, if the goal is to affect women and and get them sort of more entertained and into comic book films then that probably worked yeah yeah yeah, cool yeah and and that's and therefore it's cool right yeah uh the other thing that i found interesting is wrapping up the some of the loose ends or the ties one of them was um thor going away with uh with the guardians of the galaxy yeah. So he's off to space with the Guardians of the Galaxy, which means it's highly 
potential that Volume 3, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, is Thor and the Guardians. Because we have two films uh, that we know are slated. Yes. Uh, still in the MCU. Yep. The next one is... Um, Far From Home, Spider-Man is the last film of Phase 3. Cool. Yep. So that's coming out next, yeah? Yep. yep. And, then after... and that's this year as well, isn't it? Yeah, so... that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then after that starts Phase 4. Yeah. And uh, I'm not actually entirely sure which the first movie will be. Yeah. I'm guessing it'll probably be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah. Because um, there are some fresh content coming through, like Inhumans and yeah. a couple other things like that. So... Yeah, I think – anyway, I love the idea of Thor with Star-Lord and um, Rocket because they're great together. Yeah, for a whole film, yeah. Yeah, and just that competition that Star-Lord and Thor have is really cool and they show that off at the end of – Yeah, uh, yeah about who's Endgame. in charge. Yeah, and then I think that will work really well. <laughs> um, yeah, so I really, I really enjoyed that. What why, else we got? Why do I like Thanos so much? <laughs> uh, even in this film where he wasn't – <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say. He wasn't as likable as he was in Infinity War. <laughs> Infinity War, they really humanized him, and and you you could well, you got you, the backstory. You could That's feel why. for him a little bit, yeah. even though what he was doing was monstrous. Yeah. Um, in this film, he he became slightly less likable because it just became this. Well, if I can't do it half, yeah, I've learned my lesson. Because if you people are going to keep coming back at me, I'm just going to destroy life. Yeah. You know, okay, like you kind of lost me a little bit there on yeah, that, yeah, you yeah. know, humane side. <laughs> uh, so, sorry. but every time that there are just, he's really calm. I think it, it's it's Josh Brolin's calmness yeah. he, coming through. Yeah, it's, in it's really well done. Yeah. He's really well done. Just that, you know, there are two major ones when he's learning about the sort of whole time travel thing and, and, how, and you could see him ticking over as to how he could make it work for him. That was okay, but then it was the scene where he was sitting outside the um, destroyed uh, Avengers building, mm. waiting, he, waiting for people to come fight him. And he's just a piece. He's just a piece, just yeah. waiting and just talk. Like the way that he talks to people, like Josh Brolin's voice is yeah. so soothing. <laughs> you're like, you're evil, man. You're yeah. evil. You're about to try and like destroy the world, yet your voice is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's amazing, and 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 they've done such a great render with the CGI on Thanos, and and his backstory, and his motive, and everything about him is brilliant. And uh, there's no exception in in Endgame. However, obviously, as we said up from the front of the uh, podcast, he does die within the first ten minutes. But then, so then he's he's kind of out of it for probably a good hour, and then he comes back when they go do the time travel and becomes a new timeline. Yeah, um, and then he's back for a good. You know, 30 minutes or whatever. Yeah, I really love that whole uh, working it out and, and how we're going to make it work to our evil plans and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and, and on that note, I did want to talk about the time travel bit a little bit because um, on one hand, it makes complete sense how they can do this and how it works and gathering all the stones before they were used, basically, and doing their own snap. Uh, get that, all cool with that. But uh, it's it's very... They draw from Back to the Future 2 a lot and 3 even and even 1. Yeah. And they even mention the movie 
like multiple times in the film. And there's scenes in the film that really remind me of Back to the Futures when, you know, when the Marty's looking at the other Marty from a different camera angle from what you saw in Back to the Future 1. Yeah. In 2, it's exactly the same scene, but it's from a different angle. That's really clever how they did that, how Zemeckis did that. Yeah. They do that in this, to a, and it's really clever because you're looking at a scene that's familiar to you, but you're looking at it from a different angle. So I don't know whether they've refilm some of that or how they do that it's pretty clever or they actually just happen to have another camera angle from when they shot avengers you know yeah. five years ago or whatever yeah it's clever and then well some, they've been playing this for uh, you know sure long time. i think so you imagine they've probably, clearly they're all over it because yeah, yeah. It, it all within reason makes a makes sense it all there was a few there was one or two things i went oh that doesn't quite gel with me like timeline point or something wasn't quite working for me, but you have to go back and watch the original films to really yeah. pick well, it apart. If you remember, I was listening to the Kevin Smith um, podcast, uh, Fat Man Beyond, and they had um, a couple of the writers of um, like the Infinity War, in fact, in there. Yeah. And they were talking about how different officers uh, <clears throat> will have the themes for, you know, what they're looking for in each of the movies. Yeah. And then... Kevin Feige has his overall arching sort of whiteboard, basically. So if you want to do something, you need to go in and check on his whiteboard, how that's going to affect time in that sort of thing. Yeah. And so they definitely, you know, obviously had thought about this a long time ahead, like the scene of um, Captain America trying to lift the Thor's hammer Mm. off the table. Yeah. They thought about that a long, long time ago because they knew that it was going to be playing up later on. 100%, I believe that. Definitely. So, yeah. The other thing I liked with the timeline, Back to the Future stuff or the time travel, is it wasn't always the same scene that we've seen in Avengers or, or, or whatever scene that we're up to or Guardians, whatever it was. Sometimes it was just before the scene that we know. Yes, yeah. yeah. In the movie prior to it, right? And I love that because they've actually refilmed the whole thing and they've actually filled in a gap that we didn't even know. Because yeah. in the original film, they just cut to that scene. You don't know there's anything before it. That's right, yeah. But there's a couple of those that they do with that as well. And even back to like um, when, like the original Guardians of the Galaxy when Star-Lord's dancing around and kicking the um, aliens or whatever, and it's they throw back to that scene and it's exactly the same, you know, but from <laughs> different angles and different <laughs> points of view. And so he's an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's John Cheadle's line. What Whenever you, you do time travel, you've got to be so careful, right? Yeah. And I'm well, not saying there's no, no holes in this timeline that yeah. they've done, but it's pretty tight. Well, we were, we were saying before that, you know, I, I was watching it and I was trying to keep track of what would happen if this happened and mm. what would happen if that happened. And then in the end, because so much so was happening, much happening, I just had to give up and just say, all right, I'm going to accept that all of this is true. And it helped me get through. Um, you know, the film. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. That's pretty much what I did too. I have a question for you. So obviously uh, there's a final battle and in that battle is um, uh, oh, because they get the Infinity Stones, Tony builds his little Iron Man, you know, thing, snaps. Yep. Brings everyone back. You don't see them. Final battle, they all come back, right? Um, Groot comes back. Yep. Do you think that they had to get Vin Diesel back again? You know, how many times do you need a guy to come in over, you know, since 2008 to say Groot? Like, when do you have it? And then you can just say, I'll pay you residual fees. Yeah, I, I think it could be the latter. Because they, they'd be they'd be able to manipulate the million times that he has said, I am Groot in the past, yeah. 
to favour whatever line they want to, however they want it to be delivered today. So I think it would be more, listen, we're going to use your voice again for four lines in Endgame. Here's $500,000. Wouldn't you just go and get a voiceover guy who could just do the the voice and pay him 200 bucks? Yeah, but (laughs) but it's, I mean, it's always a Marvel property, but I think um, obviously someone like Vin Diesel as a voice has IP in that character. You know, like yeah. he, it's it's he it's not because his property, but he he owns a bit of that. Yeah, you know? I, I get Rocket Raccoon and having Bradley Cooper because it's like, yeah, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, Groot. Although <laughs> Vin Diesel does seem like a bit of a Groot, doesn't he? I am Vin Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, now that I think of it, um, Groot is probably the most under underutilized character in this whole film. Yeah, you don't see him much at all. No. Now, obviously, all the Avengers who come back to life enter quite late, but some of those guys who come in late have have great moments, like Doctor Strange and yeah. um, Spider Man. And you're waiting for Rocket Raccoon to have a moment. Yeah, but Groot. it doesn't really have a moment, does no. he? Like Spider Man had some great moments, and he came in like the last. Half hour or whatever, hour, yeah. 45 minutes, whatever it is. Yeah. But Groot kind of does nothing. Now, yeah. I know he's that teenage angsty Groot at the moment, which I like. Yeah. But in the battle, he could have done something funky and I didn't notice anything. Did you? No. no I mean, no. I was look, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for him to be holding some sort of like uh, big gun and do a predator, you know, and got time to bleed type moment. Because <laughs> that's what that's what Groot would do. He's even though he's a small, angsty little teenager, yeah. he's a tree and he's strong. Yeah, I think there was one moment where he dragged something from the ground or something. But yeah, was, and by the way, there's so much happening oh, yeah. in this final battle scene. That it's an overload. You're just trying to take it all in. We need a second watch, that's oh, for sure. for sure, for yeah. sure. I need a week, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much all I, I think I had. I, I just really love this movie. Um, now, I didn't love it as much as Infinity War because in Infinity War, knowing that there were still a, few, a couple of films left, I, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. I, I didn't... What I didn't expect that there was going to be a snap and half the universe and, and half our heroes were going to go. Yeah. Um, so there was a surprise. They kind of got you. Yeah. And even though they get you a number of times in this film, you kind of expect it because it's tying all the loose ends up. That's right. And and you knew that it's, it's a, you know, in the end, it's a universe that's not going to let the bad guys win completely. So you're going to have your good guys still around winning. Of course. So there, there wasn't as much surprise there. No. But Infinity War had that surprise. Shock um, surprise. Shock surprise. Yeah. yeah. And how good it was, you know, uh, told with so many characters. Yeah. And, and Thanos being such a, you know, detailed villain, you know. Yeah. But having said all that, given how big this movie is, and it will probably be the biggest movie of all time in my opinion in box office, I, I can't see why it won't, Um. They still managed to keep a lot of things under their hat, even though there was assumptions. Like I assumed it could be the end for Cap A and, and Iron Man, and I was right. But a lot of people thought that. Yeah. But they still kept it a surprise. Like they still – you still didn't really know, which I really thought that was great. You know, job well done to the Marvel guys really. And, and fans as well because yeah. even though we saw it yesterday on opening day, there were still at least 12 to 18 hours – of um, premieres that had happened around the world. Yep. And most people had kept that under wraps. It's not until now that the general public's been seeing it yeah. that people are starting to put like spoilers and headings. 
Yeah, which is shit. It's just too, yeah, it's, it's just not shit. Good. Yeah. Anyway, look, all in all, um, I love this. I really love this film. It's different to Infinity War for me. Yeah. But not better or worse. It's it's just a very very good companion film. Oh, it's obviously. A great yeah. Because that's what the whole point yeah. is. A great way to wrap up. A great way, and they and they did a wonderful job of wrapping up and paying tribute to the last twenty one films, and the last eleven years, and some great characters. Like this is a three hour film that feels honestly feels like. Under two hours. Yeah. That's no word of a lie. Like I had no problem with the three hours. And I actually could have even sat there for another hour quite easily. Yeah. Like in, my, in my, Although I was busting. Yeah. But that's me, right? The actual film itself. Yeah. I could easily have kept watching that. Um, I was just very, very entertained. Now, I haven't looked this up, but what other series is there out there that has um, well, as many films? I know this is a universe and there's – you know, at the moment, well, Bond 22. has twenty. Bond's coming up to its twenty fifth film. So twenty fifth. Sorry. So it hasn't got that far to go then. No, because no. they're releasing a lot more than Bond. Oh, do. yeah, they're doing two or three yeah. a year. Um, and mind you, this is now an eighteen billion dollar property. Well, after Endgame, it's going to be a twenty million dollar franchise. Yeah. And Bond, you know, the biggest Bond they've ever done was um, Skyfall, which I think just just got a billion. I think. Everything then, else has been way under that. The only other one I can think of was uh, was Police Academies up to was it seven or eight? Oh, I think they, they got up to nine, didn't up they? Up to nine, did they? Yeah. I think I finished at Moscow. Friday the Thirteenth got up to well eleven if you count the remake. Um, wow. Yeah. So maybe we should do it. <laughs> well, on our uh, maybe next episode, uh, we will do a top five of films that have. Uh, well, franchises, a fr- something yeah, franchises like that. Yeah, we'll have a yeah, look at that. That have had more than maybe six films or something. Yeah. <laughs> something ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, they start getting a bit dodgy. I think something, you know, you can even look at director video stuff like Tremors. I think Tremors is up to six. Oh, wow. Yeah. Child's Plays might be around there yeah, in that yeah. universe. Yeah, different iterations. and Maybe we'll put it up to ten. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're, I feel Planet like we're X. missing, well, I mean, Star Wars is now up to... That's an interesting. That's over ten now with yeah. the spin-offs. With all spin-offs, yeah. with number nine coming out, it'll be the eleventh Star Wars. But uh, yeah, okay, we'll have to discuss this off air because you know there are so <laughs> many caveats to go to that because this yeah. universe that we're talking about right now with MCU is like it's it's in the same realm, whereas yes. let, let's you know let's say with the apes, it's three different iterations of it. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll work that yeah. out off air. It'd be a good discussion yeah. we'll have over beers tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, that's that's kind of me for Endgame. I think they've done yeah. an amazing job with something that's so out of this world. Yeah. Um, and again, how do you handle so many characters? Oh, they've done they've done that yeah. so well. The only my only concern, to be honest with you, obviously we've always talked about fatigue, but forget about that for a sec. Is the next Marvel film to come out? Um, like Spider-Man. Spider-Man's a classic example, yeah. Far From Home. Now, Lucky is a great character. Yeah. But you've only got Spider-Man now. Yeah. And, man, that's a lot to go back from, you know, 40 superheroes to one. Yeah, so much going on in the film. And then yeah. you're like, oh. So something really fun is going to have to be happening in that film. But, and I don't know about money with Spider-Verse, but Spider-Verse, I believe, has done really well. Oh, it's done so, really well. Took over close to 500 Million. Yeah, so you know, being an anime, so I, I think it proves if you have a good film and word starts spreading about it, people will go and see it. Yeah, 
But it all rests on the shoulders of Tom Holland. <laughs> no pressure, mate. <laughs> he's like, what is he, 21 or whatever? He's probably yeah, older, yeah. but anyway. Cool. Well, um, mate, I'm, uh, I love the film. I can't wait to see it again. I'd like you, I'll probably give it a week or so just to really digest, then go see it again. Um, but yeah, awesome job. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed this uh, major spoiler review. We've just hit the hour mark. So I think that's time to wrap up. Definitely. Thank you very much. And I love you 3,000 3, times. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>